Good morning, Windsor Community Church. I love that song. I love this band. It's an amazing blessing to be able to worship like that. And singing songs like that, um, it fits directly into what we talk about all the time here at WCC, meditating on the gospel, meditating on who we are and the God that created the universe, how he saved us, how he wants so much to have a relationship with us. And as we meditate on that and reflect and praise God in that way, it should just, it, it, it overwhelms me with the sense of peace and the sense of strength that our God has and the sense of love that he has for us. It also is heartbreaking that there are so many people around us that don't know that, that don't know Christ is their Savior. Um, and that's what we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about is missions. Making disciples of all nations. Um, making disciples who make disciples. Sharing this good news of Christ with everybody else. So it's my privilege to um, kind of do a, just a high-level overview of missions here at Windsor Community Church. We have a, a missions advisory team. The missions advisory team is five or six families. It's uh, my, Bethany and myself, Dan and Nancy Hardy, Michelle uh, and Jeremy Sornin, David and Nicole Morgan, Carol Simmons, and the Coets, Eric and um, Chan Coet, thank you. So if you notice any of those names, recognize any of those names, feel free to talk to any of them. Um, if you need more information on missions, uh, if you don't know to any of those names, myself and uh, the other Dan that will come up just in a few minutes, you can talk to either of us. And I think my contact information is on this card in the back of your chairs. So the missions advisory team, this team is not uh, tasked with starting new ministry opportunities. Our main responsibility and privilege is being able to uh, steward the gifting that, uh, that you guys all have um, given to Windsor Community Church to be used for God's glory. So 17% of giving right off the top goes towards missions. This last year, that was almost $90,000. That's a lot. And that goes to three areas of missions. We do a lot of church planting as a network of churches. We do cross-cultural missions, which we're going to talk about more in depth today. And then we do local missions. So those are kind of the three scales. You guys, as a body, what God has put on your heart for missions, um, the people that God has for you to make disciples, the relationships that you have, that's where missions get started here. Even cross-cultural, when we talk about the Czech Republic and Nigeria, those were not started by pastors at this church or by the missions advisory team. Those were started because God um, brought those relationships, miraculously in many cases, into people's hearts in this body. We had existing relationships with folks in Nigeria, and so this church rallies behind that, and we support local pastors in Nigeria. But so when the missions advisory team, when somebody comes to us from this church body and says, hey, I have uh, God's prompting me and, and putting on my heart a new ministry or missions, we look at three criteria to see if this is something that Windsor Community Church as a body can get behind. Those three things are, are listed on the back of this card as well. They are gospel. Is the gospel being proclaimed? Are we showing God's love, and are we proclaiming the saving grace of Jesus? Relationships. Is this a one-time thing, or is it long-term? Is it continual relationships with those folks? We prefer the, uh, the latter. You can go ahead and put that, um, that, this little diagram up there, if you could, or it's on the front. The third thing we look at is leadership. Is there somebody from this church or a group of folks who are invested in whatever ministry or whatever mission we're talking about? So 
um, do you have, you don't have to be running the whole deal, but are you invested in it? So if those three things, if God, if, if, if those three things are present, there's a really good chance that Windsor Community Church is going to want to get behind you in that. So that's, uh, that's kind of our philosophy of missions at Windsor Community Church. And right now we have locally here, there's, there's a number of things going on. We view uh, missions as something that every Christian is, is involved with. And, and missions is simply sharing the gospel. We love our neighbors. We love our coworkers enough to want to share the good news of Jesus with them. That's missions. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to the Czech Republic or go to Nigeria. Very few of us realistically will do that. And that's okay. It really is. It's actually, praise the Lord, that um, we can be on mission every day in our communities. And we view that as the main way that most of us will be involved. We, we uh, disciple our kids. We disciple our neighbors. We disciple our coworkers. So locally right now, we have some things that you could get involved with. They're serving our schools. We pray for all the teachers in Windsor. We bring them um, some, some gifts, some snacks every week. There's also foster and adoption. That's been going on at this church through a number of families for many, many years. But now it's kind of organizing, and they're doing these trainings and, and a lot of other support for folks that are interested in foster care and adoption. We have a, a big presence with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. If that's something that's, that you're interested in, Stephen Atherton and Mark Anderson, are, they, they run that. So be involved with that if you're, if you're called for that way. It's pretty cool to see what God's doing in Windsor and all of Weld County with FCA. Elderly care, we have a, a unique relationship with some folks that live in a, uh, an apartment complex here in town, and there's always need for, uh, to drive them to the grocery store or to help them clean windows, just, just to love on those folks. There's a growing population and a growing heart for that population of immigrants and refugees surrounding us. Greeley, all the way through Weld County. It's amazing. God's bringing all these diverse people and backgrounds into this area and there's some folks here already that are getting plugged in to, to loving on those people, to ministering to those people. And then community groups is another huge one. If you're involved in a community group, the, we pray that those community groups would be serving together in some capacity. Whether that's just doing neighborhood barbecues, inviting folks in, whether it's serving at the Century 3 apartments and those, those elderly folks, whatever it might be. Maybe it's immigrants and refugees. We pray that the, the community groups would be a place of, of mission and ministry. So that's kind of what we do locally. Dan Hardy's going to come up now and share a little bit more about some of our unique relationships in Nigeria. And then the Czech team's going to come up as well later and really go in depth with that. So thank you. And here's uh, Mr. Hardy. Thank you, Mr. Kunzik. Good morning, family. Uh, so we're really here today to hear what, um, what the Lord has done um, through these dear saints in the Czech Republic. I sat, um, I listened to it in the first service and was so encouraged um, we really we have two countries that God in His providence has allowed us to have um, favor with, and that's the Czech Republic and Nigeria. Um, Nigeria, it, we're really connected to um, three families in Nigeria. Um, the first two families um, were brought to us through by uh, through Carol and Doyle Simmons. Carol and Doyle Simmons spent um, spent two and a half years in Nigeria, and they went down there on a medical mission to really um, work at a hospital. And while they were there, they were burdened with the lostness of the, uh, if I can use that word, of the largest um, unreached nomadic people group on the planet. 
who most of them are located in Nigeria, and they're called the Fulani. The Fulani are uh, Muslim, they're polygamist, uh, they're mostly um, illiterate, and um, Doyle and Carroll really had a burden for them and wanted to reach them, but they didn't speak Fofoldi, which is the, um, the official language of the Fulani. So they went out and they looked for um, translators, uh, like Christian translators, and they came across three translators, um, a guy by the name of Abraham, um, a lady by the name of Blessing, and a man by the name of Babangida. Babangida. And um, Abraham is not a missionary. He is. He's a doctor, but he's, but he's not. Um, he, he can support himself. Um, so we are supporting. We are uh, aligned with. Um, actually, show that. Uh, first of all, Nigeria is, um, is in the continent of Africa, obviously. It's the most populated country, 270 million people. Um, it's a hotbed of conflict. Half the country is Muslim. Half the com- uh, country is Christian. And the Christians are in that country, for the most part, um, they're faith is an inch deep and a mile long, uh, an inch deep and a mile wide. Um, the prosperity gospel is alive and well. Um, so the missionaries that we support there are gospel-centered, and uh, they have two different uh, missions. Let me explain that. Um, this is Blessing. This was the, um, the interpreter that um, Doyle and Carol hired, and uh, we've now been um, connected with her for about eight years. That's her. That's not her husband. That's her son, um, Elam. Um, Sunday, I couldn't find a recent picture of Sunday in Blessing, but this is Elam. Um, Elam has recently recovered from, did he have malaria? He had malaria. A little guy was very, very sick, um, but they're doing well. Um, their ministry is in the western part of Nigeria, and it's a discipleship ministry. Um, their heart is to, uh, to find Christians, Fulani Christians in particular, that have put their faith and trust in Jesus and to build them up, to mature them. That's their, that's their ministry. Uh, the next family is Babangida and Maimuna. Um, they, uh, you might remember them, they were in Burkina Faso for a stent, and, um, and we raised money. You gave money, about $20,000, for them to drill three wells in order to help the, the outreach down there. They're back in Nigeria, and they're going to seminary in Plateau State in the city of Jos. And as soon as they graduate in December, and I think April, Bob and Gita's going to uh, graduate, they're going to be sent back out into the mission field. Bob and Gita, depending on who you talk to, has planted a minimum of 20 churches and as many as 50 churches. He is a modern-day Paul. Anybody that's met him knows that there is nobody like this man, but, uh, but for God's glory, in the entire country of Nigeria, uh, that this man is just bold and sold out for the gospel, and he has a heavy-lifting wife that loves Jesus and, um, and loves, uh, loves Bob and Gita. Um, we're giving Bob and Gita and his family about 280 bucks a month. That pays for, uh, that pays for um, all of their needs except for the cost of school. We give um, Sunday and uh, Blessing um, 250 bucks a month. It pays for their housing, and it pays for their food, which is really a great joy. Last one, real quickly, is, um, is the Black family. Um, they're not black. They're the Black family. It's Eric and Cindy Black in Nigeria. And um, you, a lot of you know the blacks. Um, in God's providence, um, they were missionaries in Nigeria for 11 years in the um, northeast part of the state, uh, of the country. And they went on furlough and landed in Windsor and walked into this church. And so over the last year, we had an opportunity to get to know them and to love them and to really um, experience um, their ministry through them. They went back to Nigeria to kind of close shop. 
They really feel like the Lord has called them back to America. And they have a couple of prayer requests while they're closing shop. When I mean closing shop, they've got a discipleship school that they want to continue to go forward. And so they need prayer to raise up leaders to continue that school going forward. He also asked for prayer for the Nigerian elections that are coming up. Um, it is, there's a lot of volatility in Nigeria, and the elections brings that out. The third thing they asked for prayer for is that one of their family members uh, just got over malaria. And so if you would pray for their health. And I'm going to throw this one in there. Um, Eric needs a job. Um, uh, he needs a job back in the States. He's been a missionary for uh, going on 12 years now. He's an electrical engineer, got a degree from Kansas State. They would love to be back in northern Colorado, and we would love for them to be back in northern Colorado serving in this church. Um, if you know of any jobs for an electrical engineer, a guy that would uh, to show the type of character and commitment that would take his family of eight, six kids, he and his wife to Nigeria for 12 years, um, um, let me know or let Don, Dan Konzik know. He would be a great employee. Good? Chris Shewitt, check team, come on up. Come on up. Thanks, brother. Thank you. So as the check team comes up, uh, you can grab chairs. There's enough chairs, I think, for everybody. We're just going to line up on stage. Um, and, and this is not a typical service if you're visiting with us. We don't just pick a topic and we just decide, hey, let's talk about, uh, I don't know, let's talk about head coverings this week um, or something, we, or missions. Uh, we, we usually go through a book of the Bible um, about, I don't know, 70% of the time. Sometimes we have a series like mission series, and um, like we have now. And um, because uh, this church was so gracious and um, kind and generous, to send us as your representatives to the Czech Republic, and it was such a big part of, of this summer, we thought, okay, you're going to sit there. I kind of want to sit down. Thanks. Thanks, Jake. You're awesome. Um, I'll sit down on the end. So I want to introduce the team, but I, first I just wanted to say thanks for, um, thanks for letting us be your representatives in the Czech Republic. Um, you really, you really um, partnered with us by praying for us by, by, by giving us um, money to go, and you're so generous. So thank you. Really, really thank you um, for that opportunity. Um, so this is uh, Jake, Sarah, Matt, Madison. Uh, sorry, Jake, Sarah, Rachel. Uh, last, last, last service I introduced Dan and her wife, uh, Rachel, so I'm messed up. Madison, Jonna, my wife, Lori, and my son, Zach. Hey, Zach. Um, we all went, and we were missing one team member. She's in uh, Brittany Knutson. She's in uh, Grand Canyon University in Arizona. But um, so that that slide right there um, that the world may know that is from John 17. And so a lot of a lot of times we talk about missions. We use the we use the um, Matthew 28 Great Commission verse, right? And it's it's Jesus' command to go. And and if and if there was any heart behind that command, it's in John 17. So let me read. I think I think the verses are going to be up there where that where that phrase comes from that the world may know. Um, the scene is Jesus' last night on earth uh, before his uh, crucifixion, and he's with his disciples, his his best friends, and he's and he's um, praying for them to the Father. And he says this um, in in seventeen fifteen. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, praying for his disciples, but that you keep them from the evil one. And then later on, he says, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And then later on, verse 20 says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me, if you believe in Jesus. And that's all those who we um, uh, 
witness to that come to know him, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe. That's the reason that you have, uh, that's the reason the, the unity is there, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have, you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them, you and me, and that they may become perfectly one, and here's the phrase, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. And then here's, the, here's where it all leads. I don't think it's up there, but it's verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. Um, I hear three things in that, um, in that passage. One is that unity is the purpose um, uh, uh, of Jesus, like that, that he wants for his church, um, that they'd be one, Right. Um, two, that this oneness in his disciples and his followers would lead to the world knowing and the world believing. And then three, the ultimate goal of the world knowing and believing is that they might be with him where he is. And that's why we go to Czech Republic. That's why we do mission is so that the world might know him, that we might bring many sons to glory. And for some reason, God likes to use people like us. Just like I remember the first song we sang or the first verse I read, we're dust. And he knows our frame, but he uses, he uses dust uh, to accomplish his work, um, to bring people to glory. So um, the best way to do that, as Dan said, um, the best way to be one is like with you and I, like with us in proximity. But um, I think I could speak for the rest of the team. I, and I, they nodded their head last service. So I think I was speaking for them. That um, even though Czech Republic is not in our proximity, um, right, thousands of miles away, when we went, um, we really experienced a oneness with them, a unity with them. Um, we, they, w- our hearts were knit with them. And, and in my prayer and in my hope, and I, and I think I share this with the pastors as well and the mission advisory team, is that just the ones who go to Czech Republic wouldn't be the ones who experience that oneness and that, and that unity or the knitting the hearts, but it, our church would experience that. All of you, um, as you send teams in the future and as you pray and that our two churches in the Czech Republic and America would have our hearts knit together in oneness so that the world might know. That's, that's it. That's it. Um, so, uh, this morning, hopefully you'll catch further glimpses of what that partnership looks like. Um, so, uh, I had to share this. I didn't share this in the first service, but, um, Last year was our first time with this particular church in Velkolhota. Everyone say Velkolhota. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, good job. Um, it's a hard language. It's a very hard language. Um, but uh, the, uh, last year was our first year with that partnership, and um, we made a three-year commitment as a church to that church. And um, last year, I was talking to Martin. You're going to hear a lot about his name because he's integral in what that church is doing. Last year, he didn't know that we made a three-year commitment. He thought that was it. He thought we were just going to come last year and leave. And when I told him, no, what are you talking about? We're coming back. And he's, his face just like, for a Czech person to show any expression, it was is pretty, he went, are you serious? I have to tell everybody right now like that, we're, that you're coming back. And so my prayer is that it's 30-year partnership or 50-year partnership, right? Um, and so, um, but we have at least one more year. So, um, and, and, it, and they don't want us to send money. I mean, it's not a, it doesn't make sense in American, like 
it doesn't make sense in man's wisdom why it's an expensive thing to go. They actually, for their ministry, and you can't explain it unless you go, they want us to come and that helps, that serves their church better than us just sending them money or whatever. That's what they want. So um, we could talk more about that later. Um, I'm not a good nutsheller, but I'm not going to explain a lot of details, but this is what I'm going to, I'm just going to try to nutshell what we did. We go for a week to spend with Czech high school students, 80 to 90% of, of whom don't know Jesus. And we do sports with them. They call it a multi-camp because it's sports and English. We teach English um, because they want to learn English and they want to play sports. So we use those as bridges to share the gospel in the evenings in these sessions. And there's a progressive sharing of the gospel every evening. And, and every after those talks, there's a discussion group. And you're going to hear more about that where we get a chance. They can ask questions and they can process what it means to follow Jesus because they've never heard about that before. Most of them haven't thought about that before. And then we uh, you know play games. We do crazy things things. We get wet. We get messy. Um, we eat dinner in their homes. Um, they invite us to their homes. And then we uh, share worship services with them on Sunday mornings. That's the trip. But I'm going to stop talking and we're going to show a video. Um, um, and you get a picture of what it looks like. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming So there you go. Now you know exactly what it's like. Um, it's almost like you've been there. Um, so it's just like a bunch of fun and games, right? That's what it looks like. And then, like I said, it doesn't make sense necessarily um, in, unless you go. In America, um, like I've been in several mission trips um, where, um, and I think, I think maybe in the church at large, uh, we want results. Uh, we want to know like what we input in something, we get output. And, and um, sometimes, you know, in America, we just, we just want things to happen. And, and so there's a tendency to like want to know like, really quick, like who, who all gave their life to Jesus and who, who made a decision and, and like, what are the results? What's the fruit? Uh, we want to go right there quickly. Um, but it's not uncommon for a Czech student to go to two, three, four, I've heard even eight English camps before they make a decision to follow Jesus because, um, there's no Christians in this country. Um, it's less than one half of 1%. Um, it's a very dark place. And so it's a big deal to become a Christian here. You kind of look like everyone else in a sense, like you can be a Christian and hide, um, there you, you can't. Um, so, uh, there's three main things I just want to point out, and then we're going to hear some stories from, from the other rest of the team. Um, three main things that happen when we go on these, these trips to, to Velkohota. Um, number one, we support and encourage and enable them to do what they're already doing in their church to reach the lost in their context. And as a result, our partnership with this church grows. Um, number two, the team that gets sent from WCC grows and changes. We've seen that um, where we grow in our heart for the lost, um, not only there, but here. Um, number three, we do have the opportunity to directly see God use us in students' lives. Like even though we're not indigenous Czech people, he can use us to share the gospel um, with a student directly, um, even though there's the language barrier and, and stuff like that. That's third though, really, because that's their work. We're there just to support them. Um, and uh, they're going to be there long gone, like afterward long gone. So number one, our relationship with the church changes and grows. Number two, we change and grow. And number three, the Czech students change and grow uh, as a result of us going. So by the grace of God, we did see him move um, tangibly. We did see fruits and five students um, from this camp decided to follow Jesus as a result um, of, of his work through, through this work. And so it's a huge praise um, and it's uncommon. It's huge. Um, so we're 
we're going to hear more about some of those students. And um, their names are George or Yurka, Magda, uh, Mishak, Simon, Shimon, and Yonash. So this morning we're going to hear um, from Madison first. So where is she? There she is. Yeah, I'm Madison. Sometimes I go by Rachel, but um, (laughs) um, I've had the opportunity to go on this trip to the Czech Republic twice now, and each time has just been a really awesome, unique opportunity and just like an amazing experience. Um, So this year I'm going, so today I'm going to talk about someone who's really close to my heart, and her name is Jolly. I think she's on the screen there. Um, I met Jolly last year, and um, she was just she was like a traditional Czech person where she was just really closed off and she was really reserved to all things gospel centered and she wasn't like super outgoing either. So it was just really hard to connect with her and get to know her in the beginning. So like she wasn't participating in any of the fun activities, which, um, and I mean, sometimes I understand why because some of them are kind of embarrassing with dancing, but they're really fun anyway. Um, and she also like wouldn't listen to like evening talks and there just wasn't anything she really wanted to hear. Um, she had said, and, um, so we kind of saw her change throughout the week last year where she was kind of opening up more to us. She still wasn't really participating, but she still was like more open and she would like want to hear our stories more, just have conversations with us, which was really, really amazing and encouraging to see. Um, and so coming back this year, I was kind of expecting it to be the same with her, that she would, you know, be really kind of reserved at the beginning, but just um, but open up continually over the course of the week. And it was like crazy because we got there and she was just already so open and she was like smiling and she was just welcoming us all back with like open arms. And she was just so happy that we got to come back and she was just so joyful. And that was really incredible to see. Um, and throughout the week she was participating in all of the activities, even if maybe she didn't want to in the beginning, she did it anyway. And she was sitting in, um, she was like sitting with me during the evening talks, which is really encouraging to see because last year she was just so closed off to the idea of even hearing anything about about the gospel really and so it was just really awesome to see her coming in and sitting and then asking questions later or um, just really you could just notice that she was actually listening she was actually paying attention this year and that was just really amazing to see through her um and she was just so so joyful the entire week and she wanted to hear more about our lives and wanted to share more about hers which was really incredible too um, and so I think I think Jolly is like the perfect example of um, what this trip is about. And I think Chris text, touched upon it, and Jonna did last year as well about how it's not about like how many touchdowns, how many touchdowns are we getting? Like, there's not a quota for new believers that we have to um, come back with like the number. Um, it's just more about like building those relationships and that foundation, so that like the church can continue to touch upon that with them and continue to support them in this journey that they may or may not. Um, start to embark on here soon and so um, she's just like the perfect example because even though she didn't become she didn't come to know Jesus and she didn't um, just like dramatically like profess faith in Jesus she she changed like she just grew a little bit to where she was like listening more and even that just like that little that little step is just like miles for them so it was just really incredible to see and I'm just so excited to be a part of her life and to see where she goes in the future. Thank you so much, everyone, for your prayers and support. We had an amazing time in the Czech Republic this summer, and I want to explain and tell you guys my story and also the story of one of the girls who accepted Christ at camp. Um, The girl's name is Magda. She was in my discussion group and was one of my roommates. And um, during the end of camp, she decided she wanted to accept Christ. Um, She didn't 
know English very well and wasn't confident in it, but still really wanted to share her story with me. And so I was very blessed to have that relationship with her and felt like our relationship was deep enough that she wanted to express that part of her life. And so she told me that a couple weeks after the camp last year, her sister died suddenly. And she felt um, very devastated by the event, but kind of felt like she had this peace about the situation um, and knew that if there was a God out there, that she wasn't going to be upset and mad about him taking her sister, about taking her sister away. Um, and then during the springtime, she was attending the youth group at Velcalajota and um, talked to the pastor and was expressing that she was interested in becoming a Christian, but wanted to wait until she had a sign that he was real. And the pastor said that if she was going to wait for a sign, she'd be waiting forever because becoming a Christian is based on faith, um, believing that there is a God. And so she kind of just waited. Um, and then at camp, she was you could tell that she was really thinking about everything she was learning. Um, but then in the end, she felt like she had that same peace, the same peace that she had when her sister died. Um, she had it during camp, and she really knew that it was time for her to accept Christ. And so it was so cool hearing this about the story and um, seeing how deep of this part of her life is and her willingness to share it with me. And seeing that even though language barrier is such a big deal that she was still able to break through it and use Alishka as a translator and share her experience with me. So um, I hope that, guys, that encourages you guys. Um, even though with language barrier, God is still able to impact the lives of students over there. And it was incredible to see that I was able to create this relationship with her deep enough that she wanted to express this to me. Um, continue to keep her in prayer. She is a new believer and um, continuing to learn about God, but I'm excited to see her grow. Thank you. Yeah, so that's one part that we left out in the first service was just kind of um, keeping the students that gave their life to Jesus in prayer because keeping them connected with the, the staff at that church is big for them to grow and to continue to know Jesus. Um, I'm going to give you guys a chance to uh, learn a little bit about another student that gave his life to Jesus this year at camp. This was my second year going back, and this was also his second year at camp as well. His name is George, and uh, he, I was blessed to have him in my discussion group both years. And last year, he was a little bit disruptive in, um, in discussion group. He's the one on the right with the ukulele. Uh, he was a little bit disruptive. He wasn't like... He just kind of wanted to make his friends laugh and didn't want to pay a whole lot of attention and didn't want to answer the questions, didn't want to think about the gospel or Jesus at all. But last year, at the end of the week when the gospel had been presented, the kids kind of got to go sit and just kind of think about the stuff that they had been told and process it, and they had a chance to just kind of think about it. And I saw him, like, sitting out alone at the picnic tables where we eat, and I walked out and decided I wanted to talk to him. And I sat down with him and asked him what he was thinking about. And he just said, God is so cool. But I don't think he knew that all the cool things that God did was for him. And I don't, he just wasn't ready yet last year. He didn't have the understanding. So this year going back, again, I had him in my discussion group. He was a little bit disruptive in the beginning of the week, didn't really want to answer any of the questions, but I had a couple other kids in my discussion group that were good leaders, and 
good followers of Christ and were able to maybe teach the other unbelievers in the group something through their answers to the questions. And I think, like, just the peer leadership for him was good. And towards the end of the week, I could tell his his process and his mindset was kind of changing, and he was actually listening to the to the evening programs and actually it was making sense to him and he was asking real questions and he was answering real questions and um, so at the end of the week after the gospel has been presented the students go through something called the labyrinth and the labyrinth has uh, stations and it's filled with scripture and it kind of like evokes thought of what God has done for you personally so it makes it personal for them and kind of pushes them towards an understanding of what Jesus actually did for them personally and it kind of pushes them towards a response. And um, at the end of that, there's a station where leaders can go for the kids to make a decision to come talk to them instead of just going back to the main room, come talk to a leader about what they saw, how they feel about it. Um, So he walked into the room. Martin, the pastor of the church, greeted him, and he asked who he wanted to talk to. Uh, George said he wanted to talk to me. So I had the opportunity to pray with George, and he said he wanted to decide to follow Jesus this year. So I'm going to talk a a little bit about a couple things. Um, Number one is that we are no longer acquaintances with these people. They're they're like our family. And um, one of the most interesting things that happened the moment we got to Valkalahota was Zach walked into the to the church and there are these huge bean, ba- bean bags and he just jumped on them and just turned around and smiled and like there was there was no like question of why are we here I mean it was just like we're home and that that was really a blessing um, for all of us it kind of just summed up the whole time we were there um, the second thing. Um, well, the other part of that is as, as part of being a family, um, is really a big blessing to go back the second time. Um, you get to reconnect with people and deepen those friendships. And one of the, the girls that I have kept in touch with over the last, from last year to even to now, um, was really sporadic last year and off and on. And, and I've been able to keep in touch with her almost on a daily basis now. And, and that's just been good for me and I think good for her and um, the first picture that you see up here um, she texted me and said hey Rachel I just wanted you to know that I went out and bought a, a journal for school and I just wanted to to make it my own and so she put this this these pictures in here and in the back is a picture of her family which is Martine and her sibling and and her mom and then up above is is us and so that just meant a lot to me that we are we're family we're extended family um the second thing um in the second slide this is all all of us um this year for our team what was different about it for me is that dan actually went last year he he did not go and so people i would talk about the stories i was i would you know tell um he would understand. I mean, he was really supportive of it, but he didn't really fully understand. And for him to go, that was big for both of us. Um, when we were in ministry there, we kind of saw each other in passing, and so we didn't talk a lot about it. But um, when we got home, it was more of rekindling and reconnecting of the things that we learned and, and saw. And, and it's just 
helped us to have a vision together of what um, is going on in the check. And, and so I'd encourage you, if you are thinking about it, to have your spouse go along, because it's huge um, to have that vision together. Um, the third thing is that God really opened some doors of opportunity, um, unexpected opportunity. Um, one of the boys that I had met the first year, um, Roman, who is... Um, special to all of us. He actually is a young believer there, and he was baptized this spring. And his family uh, opted to go to the baptism with the exception of his mother. And um, so it was very interesting. The last Sunday that we were there, we Dan and I were, had the opportunity to share a meal with his family. They opened up their home. And Martin told us the night before, he said, this is very rare. He's like, we have never been in their home. So that was huge for us to be able to go. And and we got to get acquainted with them. And um, and then shortly after we got back to the States, I had in my messenger and Facebook this, hey, I want to be your friend. And it was his, it was his mother, um, the one who didn't even want to have anything to do with him going to church. And so that was huge for me. And so we've been in contact. It's been a little more difficult with the language barrier. But just please keep them in your prayers that, that they would be open to... Um, the people in the church, Roman is on fire for the Lord. He's being very active. And just just pray that that God would um, use Roman in a mighty way there in his in his own family. So Hi, my name is Jonna. This is my second year I've gotten to go. Um, and I teach English. Um, this year we were privileged to get to go back to the Czech Republic and see our family there. Uh, for the first time, I really understand the concept of the Big C Church. Last year, when we arrived at Velkohofa, it was like being on a first date. Um, and we spent our time building relationships with the students and the servant leaders there um, and kind of getting to know each other and trying to understand the spe- perspective of the other people. Um, we asked basic questions like, do you have any siblings and how did you come to faith? Um, as time progressed, we got to understand more about the why of the people there. Like, why does Martine serve with all of his being? Um, why do they have a heart for these kids, and what are their gifts? Um, by the time we left last year, our hearts were really connected with this amazing church. Um, this year, we were able to skip the getting to know you phase, so it was amazing that most of the same team got to go and just jump into why God sent us there, which is to further the gospel there in the Czech Republic. Um, I chose this picture because um, we went to... Um, a battle reenactment um, a few days before camp was to start. And while we're standing there with the cannons going off and stuff, I turned around and saw this hill full of people, none of who we know. But God said, this is why you're here, is to ignite the kids in the church so that they can reach these people for Christ. And so um, it was just amazing that we got to continue that relationship you know, when the Czech team arrived for training at Milanovice, it was like a family reunion rather than a first date. Um, we were so excited to get to serve along with them again this year. And, um, you know, our knowledge of the Czech team kind of helped us know which kids to pair with which leaders so that, you know, as we got to, to know them, we could push them towards someone who would be there after we left to preach the gospel to them to walk along in life with them. And so one example of that was I had a boy named um, Shimon, Simon, in my English class. He lost his father when he was very small. And um, 
he wanted to walk with Christ, but didn't really know how to do that and needed someone to be a godly male role model for him. And so um, after the labyrinth, he and I talked, and I was able to push him towards Davi, which is one of the servants in the church. And the two of them, Davi had the privilege of praying the salvation prayer with him. And now they're meeting on a regular basis to study God's word and to walk alongside together. So it's just amazing to see how God's built this team of very different people from two different countries who didn't understand each other at all last year, you know, to make that big C church. And we're just so blessed that we get to go. And thank you guys for your support. We couldn't have gone without all of your prayers and all of your support. So thank you. So we have like many, many more stories, um, but not enough time. So, um, and you know, Sarah didn't get a chance to share. Lori, um, Dan, even Zach, we all have something to share. So please come up to us afterwards or anytime and just ask questions and we'd love to share more, more stories with you. Um, but uh, we want to just just direct your attention to the screen again. There's a video of them uh, send, uh, saying thanks um, to us. Um, so the first girl you got to hear from, her name was Vercha, and she is um, an atheist. Um, and last year, um, she was there and um, uh, much more closed. And um, as Madison said, like an example of students just growing, um, not just necessarily making a decision for, to follow Jesus, but now she's more open. She's asking more questions. She's in our discussion group. Uh, Sarah's in my discussion group. And uh, it was just really cool to, s- to see her open up from last year. Um, the first kid you saw dancing in the, in the river, um, he was, his name's Yonash. He decided to follow Jesus this year. He's been coming to club for um, years. Um, and he just, this, this, God used this camp in his life. Um, Meshach or Michael, um, who was sitting down talking, he was another student who decided to follow Jesus. Um, George, you saw him talking that Jake talked about. Um, this is their third English camp. And this is the one that God used to, to, um, to draw them to himself. The woman Adela and her husband, Roman, um, who uh, they, they, they just serve in the church um, hugely. And it just brings to my mind that it's a small church. There's like 45 to 50 people in this church. It's really small, but they have a huge impact. And so there's 40, 50, 60 students coming every week to these clubs, like from you know elementary age all the way up to high school. And there's only a very few laborers. And so um, that's a prayer point for all of us to pray um, for that church that God would send them laborers for the harvest. And then David, uh, David, who, who you saw last, uh, he's actually a leader in the church, um, kind of a pastor in training, and he's coming here in October and with his wife, Dada, and you get to meet them um, at, um, and maybe hear from them up front, and it'll be a great opportunity to continue that partnership. So WCC, um, there's three ways that you can continue to partner uh, with this work. Um, number one is prayer. Um, I hope I have these cards in here. Yeah. So you might remember last spring we did, uh, John made this prayer card uh, poster board, if you remember that. And you could take one of these home and yeah, there's money you could contribute. But really the thing was to pray for them and put them on, their, on, their, on your fridge. This is Shimon that John had talked about. No one took Shimon. But he still decided to follow Jesus. And God, obviously, that, that's, I guess that's a lesson that um, don't feel guilty about that. If you want to, you know, if that's the spirit convicting you. Um, 
but don't make, make me feel good. Uh, yeah. So, um, but God still used everything, right? He, it's, he's sovereign. He's providential. And this is uh, George. Um, who, Jake, Jake, why didn't you take George? Okay, well, he, uh, he, he gave his life to Jesus. Um, there's three others. Did anybody else have Magda or Yonash or um, who am I missing? Meshach. Anybody? Well, somebody took him. I don't know where he is because he's not. He, somebody took him. One of you, somebody from their church, and you prayed for that, those guys and, um, and all these other ones who have made um, more progress uh, more progress, and asking more questions. So please, as a church, let's pray for them. Um, and we're going to have this thing, uh, Lord willing, up again um, so you can take these cards home. And, and I have these too. Um, they're, they're t- you, anybody, if you can come up and you can take one, you don't have to give money, but just take them home, put them on your fridge and pray for them. As we said, they are in a dark place and they, it's easy to go back to old habits when you're a believer there. And the hardest work really is follow up with them in discipleship. And these five students that, um, that gave their life to the Lord, Martin and the other leaders, Adela, are meeting with them once a week in Bible study so that they can be discipled. And that's ongoing. So you can pray for that. So prayer is the first thing. Second, uh, um, you can um, send uh, money financially. Um, you can send a team financially like many of you did. So thank you for that. There's going to be more fundraisers coming um, for the next trip. Um, and then number three, you could go. God might call you to go. As Dan Konzik said earlier, very, you know, most of us aren't going to go. But I think one way to knit our hearts together with him is that more of us would go. And so... Um, but with that, it's hard, right? Because a lot of the stories we told were because we came back and we already broke down some barriers. So I can, it, it, it's a hard thing. All of us want to go back every year for the rest of our lives, but that might not be God's best in this partnership. So maybe, maybe some of us go and some of you go next year. And um, so if God is prompting you and calling you, um, there's going to be an informational meeting coming up um, about next year. And just come, even if you don't know. You can just ask questions and get more details and maybe God would have you go and use you in this way. So um, with that, um, I'm going to pray. And while I pray, if you guys would help dismantle the stage. Actually, no, we're not going to do it last song because we have time. So let me pray and uh, I'll call an audible. There's going to be a slideshow after the service. Um, We would usually do a song afterwards, but there's going to be a slideshow and you can stay and watch that. Um, But if you have kids, go get your kids. I don't think they want you to stay and watch the slideshow. Um, Let me pray. Dear Father, we just um, are grateful that you are a God um, that's bigger than Windsor, Colorado, um, bigger than any location. Um, God, the earth is yours and everything in it. And we thank you for this little valley in this little country. in Velkolota, Czech Republic, um, this beautiful valley of 2,000 people or so, with this little church of 50 that is a bright light in that valley. Lord, um, thank you for the partnership that you've created um, in the, uh, with us. And I pray that it would be more than three years. I pray that it'd be 30 years. I pray that it'd be ongoing. As long as they'll have us, Lord, may we be a church that, that just um, encourages them to keep pressing on in the midst of a dark country, to, um, to, to make your gospel known to people who desperately need to hear it. Lord, um, if there's anybody here that, that just uh, is burdened to support them more or go or whatever, Lord, just just 
have your way with us. We want to be a church that is, is responds to what you're doing. And Lord, in Nigeria, Lord, continue that partnership and help it to grow in any way we can support them. And Lord, if there's any other place cross-culturally, Lord, would you make, make us aware of it as a church that we might do what you'd have us do? Um, God, thank you for your work. Thank you for your son, Jesus, um, who died for all of us, that we might be brought into glory, that we might know you. And we're going to be worshiping alongside those Czech students 10,000 years from now together as one because of your work. God, we thank you and praise you for that. So go, God, go before us, and um, we, we thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Have a great week. Go get your kids, watch the slideshow, and uh, thanks for coming.